the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day, good day, and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Stock market had its best run ever from 1995 through 1999 until the run that we've had from 2008 to the current market today. That's a pretty good period to be invested in. So if you happen to be born in the 60s or 70s and you happen to be an investor, you kind of hit things at the right time at the right place. Diversification was a real bad word back in the 1990s. You wanted all tech stocks. At one point in time, you wanted all financials, then you wanted all tech stocks. Tech stocks had a massive run as we kind of came up with this whole internet 1.0 kind of thing. Yahoo, Excite. Do you remember Excite? They bought a company called At Home. At Home did these crazy fast modems. Cable modems. Wait, whoa, right? So you had a content company like Excite, which was kind of a poor man's Yahoo playing together with Excite. And it was a great time to invest. A lot of the companies went away. Oh, boy, that's a, that's a concept right there. Pets.com. Do you remember the Super Bowl ads where you had this, this sock puppet talking? And uh, Webvan, they'd bring groceries to your home. Now Safeway brings groceries to my home. I get an order for all the non-essential kind of things once a week, and I don't actually have to leave my house to go see people. So diversification was a bad word. I'll be honest with you. On occasion, I'll talk about stocks that just bore the hell out of people, and I get it. But they're not bad stocks. They can't all be Amazon, Microsoft, Google slash Alphabet. Still hate the name Alphabet. I like the company so much more if they went just back to the name Google. Um, but that showed you how crazy and upsetting I am. So we've had two great periods of the stock market, two great runs. And in between those two great runs, you had two big pullbacks. And you know, a lot of people, I think I, I'm sarcastic in nature. Some people are pessimistic in nature. I've got a friend who his belly hurts and he goes to the doctor. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're the person who's ruining the healthcare system. Some people are pessimistic. They think they've got cancer and they're dying. They think they've got things that are horrible in their stomach that are going to kill them. I don't know. So that's the, th- the point. We've had two great stock markets sandwiched by, or sandwiched in between, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but um, some underperformance. You know the best time to invest was the underperformance time. And people just don't have that mentality. I've gone through many recessions in my lifetime. Right now, we've gone 100 straight months of adding jobs in the United States. There ain't no recession in sight when you do that. It's not even in sight. Because as we're adding jobs, we're saying, you're going to have some extra money. And as you have extra money, maybe you'll say, I'm going to go to a restaurant. You're part of the economic activity. Or maybe now that you have a little bit extra money because you've had 100 straight months of growth in jobs. Maybe you're saying, I'm going to open up a business. 
and the cycle is, is healthy and good. But at some point in time, we will go through a recession. I feel like I've lived through four or five recessions in my lifetime, and all I got is this stupid t-shirt to prove it. Right? You kind of, as soon as you become not impressed with it, it's fine. As soon as you become less anxious. Uh, recessions have, are, have been something we've learned how to manipulate, typically by throwing a lot of debt at it. So we're not really solving the debt crisis in America, but when there's a recession, people lose their jobs. We're like, okay, we're going to have a jobs program. Oh, we're, we're going to have a transportation program. We're going to improve our roads. Something comes out. Do you remember cash for clunkers? Not the best idea, but got a lot of new cars on the road. A lot of new cars equals a lot of finance managers, a lot of uh, engineers working, a lot of manufacturing firing up the factories, a lot of steel being produced. So once you get the idea that a recession isn't going to kill you, it's not a boogeyman, it's not Jason Voorhees, it's not um, Freddy Krueger, recession, recession is okay. For the record, I love that first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but rewatching it is a pain. It's awful. But at the time, you're like, this is the greatest piece of horror noir ever created. When Johnny Depp's on his bed and uh, the girl's saying, don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. And he's getting groggy and he's got his headphones on and he's listening to uh, TV. And you hear, the st- the, you hear at 1 o'clock in the morning, the TV goes, this is Station KRGR signing off. And I'm like, no, that's Kruger. It's in his head already. But recessions aren't the boogeyman. They're not bad. They're good. They're a way of flushing out how shall we say the overabundances that's all good if you can learn to live within your means save some of your paycheck and spend most of your paycheck keep in mind the spend on your paycheck sometimes is it's brutal uh if you're paying 20 to 30 to 40 percent of your paycheck into rent how much is really left over when you throw in 10 percent taxes in the state of california on your income 10 percent taxes on everything you buy in the state of california and you throw down 30% into your mortgage, I mean, right there, you're looking at 50% before you've even paid federal taxes, right? So people get in trouble because they don't live within their paychecks. I've got credit cards, and I'll tell you what. When I got into credit card problems was when I was in college. You know why? Because I didn't have a paycheck. Never had credit card problems since. Failure to create and stick to a budget. I'm guilty of that one, but I make good money, so it's not that important to me. Failure to create and stick to a budget. You know what the, the budget killers for me is when I go on vacations. You could, you could even have like a second home and you're like, it's all good. But then you go out to the restaurant in that second home and you're, you're going out to a top flight restaurant in a top flight part of the world. Usually. So a lot of people get in trouble because they don't have cash. I had a tooth problem once that cost me about $6,000. That sucks. But I had the cash to, to, to like not stress about it. I didn't have to, like, I got to sell my Apple. And then Apple goes on this historic run. I had cash for it. It was good. So this is where people get into problems. It's simple. How about goals? When you're 20, it's okay not to have goals. It's, it's okay to say, you know, I'm going to live some experiences. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stuff that I may not be able to do one day when I have a wife and kids. So it's okay to, to lose your 20s, but start saving a little bit of money. Start getting that emergency fund going. Start practicing adulting, as they like to say. In all my years of doing this, the people who end up getting into the worst situations economically, typically it's healthcare. They lose their job. They become disabled, and they, they just it goes down fast. When you lose your job, you lose that income. When you're disabled, you need more health care. If you, and then you drain your emergency funds fast if you don't have 
You said job, right? So those are the people that I see the worst of it. And what's even sadder, and this is one of those human conditions that I learned in the last 20 years, some people like disability paychecks. Some people are like, well, the state of California sends me a check every month, so I'm not going to get a job. I'm like, it's not a lot of money, people. What we pay our disabled people in the, in the United States who can't work through disability insurance, it's not much. And you're never going to get ahead on that level. I'm not thinking getting ahead into all be all. But I'm also not counting to work, on, work until the day I die. So uh, these are the, the, this is the math for you. How about updating your paperwork in your will? I once was married to another woman, and she was on my paperwork. And let's just say I, 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 there's a divorce, we move on, and all my paperwork was in her name, and there's a new wife. I suddenly have a heart attack, because you know me. I'm a little bit puffy, and I like to go hard. And... uh Long story short, I die and the money goes to the first wife, the ex-wife. You got to update your paperwork. So I, I didn't really settle down until my mid thirties. A lot of short-term focus will erode you. You have to have short-term, medium-term, and long-term. You have to have plans. You have to have steps to go along the way. I think the best investors are run, uh, are long-distance runners because they get the concept of this is we're in it for the long haul. If you could run 10 miles, you could become a great investor. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, except for I'm not talking financial things right now. I'm talking SJ Barracuda, San Jose Barracuda, home of the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. If you know anything about me in my 40-plus years of living on this planet, I love hockey. I love peewee hockey. I love kids playing hockey in between periods. I love kids playing hockey. I love everything about this sport. The AHL is a minor league sport, but it is super high quality. It is not like other minor league sports where everyone's raw. These guys are ready for prime time. The Barracuda are having a great season. Joining me now, Nick Dolenberger. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Rob? Doing well, doing well. Um, we're starting to get towards, we, we can smell the playoffs now and it's the best time of the year for hockey. In my opinion, whether it's the sharks or the Barracuda, it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, you gotta be pretty jacked about that. Yeah, I am. It's it's that time of year where you know the games really do start mattering, and you know you gotta obviously have a really good first half of your season. But this is kind of the crunch time, and when you know teams separate themselves from from the rest of the pack and um, get into the dance. So thirty games to go, starting tonight, uh, the team will be in Stockton taking on the Stockton Heat, which is the uh, Calgary Flames uh, AHL affiliate. So it pins the the top two teams in the NHL's Pacific Division and the Sharks. Are the Flames at the AHL level. Right now, Calgary, um, their AHL team, the Stockton Heaters, sitting out of the playoff picture. But um, still always fun when these two teams get together because in the American League, there's certainly uh, a pretty strong rivalry, um, being that they're just a couple hours separated. So tonight, uh, we'll be in Stockton, and then tomorrow, we'll be back at uh, the SAP Center for the first of a, of a doubleheader as the Sharks will take on the Arizona Coyotes at night, and then uh, we'll, get the, we'll get the heat again in the back-to-back at 115 in the afternoon. So a lot of hockey on the horizon. And uh, yeah, certainly this is, I would say, the best time of the year. Um, so from my position, but for the players and everybody involved, this is when everybody could bear down and, and really kind of put their head down and try to make a, a playoff push. I'm going to be going to the game tomorrow. So uh, 
tell the boys to play up for me if you can. Uh, but here's here's a curious question, and this is just me being a fan. Uh, you're going to Stockton tonight. Are you already at Stockton, or is it a kind of a, a day trip uh, later this afternoon? What's the, the travel schedule look like? Yeah, for Stockton, it's really the only one that we're going to do a day trip by uh, just because it's only a couple hours away. So we'll leave at 1.30 today. We'll morning skate um, at Solar for America Ice, which is our, our practice facility here in San Jose. And then the guys will go get a bite to eat. They'll probably go home, um, go get their suits, and then come back, and we'll head out about 1.30. So um, pretty pretty easy easy trip. We do it six times a year. We play Stockton 12 total times. So it's the only team that we play 12 times during the season, but because of logistics, um, that's the reason why we play them as much as we do. Um, so, yeah, we'll leave at 1.30 today, and then we'll arrive, you know, about three hours before the game, and the guys will slowly start taking the time to, to get ready. The equipment guys will leave before, a couple hours before, and then they'll have the locker room already set up for them when they arrive. So, um, it's not too bad of a routine. The guys don't mind it. It's not one of those bus trips where it's so long that you, you've got fatigue and, you know, you're tired when you arrive. It's short enough these guys can get there and be refreshed and be ready to go. No pressure on you with this next thought or question. When I was uh, six, seven, eight years old, I listened to hockey on the radio, and there's this guy named Ron Weber from Washington Capitals who did the broadcast, and he was great. And I remember cold nights uh, staying up uh, when they were on the East Coast, West Coast trips to San Jose, and I listened to games like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and it was, it was kind of awesome. Um, and I think it's, it's really good for kids. I, and this is going to be an odd thought, but listening to the hockey and trying to imagine you have to, you have to talk the you know the action through and it's a big responsibility um how you feeling oh. <laughs> a couple of years into this now um you know i'm loving it. this is something i always wanted to do as a kid when i grew up actually it's funny you say that i think uh people who are in my position they always have that one guy they kind of look up to and they listen to well i grew up in santa cruz so i listened to sharks games as a kid and you know being born in, in 1990 it was right when the sharks kind of came to be so i grew up on the game and you know, I've been listening to Andrew Zanowski, the voice of the uh, San Jose Sharks, for my, pretty much my entire life, and it really kind of got me into it and made me want to do what I want to do. So it's a blast. Every single day we get to call games, I find myself uh, very fortunate to do so. And um, if you can get one or two kids that, that listen to the game and get hooked just because of you and they, they love the game just like I did as a kid, I mean, I think that's that's what it's all about. So um, every every game I, I, I you know, and enjoy and, you know, am appreciative that this is what I get to do. So it's a, it's a ton of fun. I've had a couple of dinners with Dan and his wife, and he is as nice in person as he is on air. Um, but changing the topic, have you ever heard Dan do, like, I guess it's um, not motocross, but uh, car racing? You know, I had heard tidbits of him doing car racing as passionate as he is about hockey. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Uh, the, the racing almost mirrors it because he loves racing as well. Um, I did hear him do a couple. Um, he'll do MLS games for, for the San Jose Earthquakes from time to time. And uh, it's, that's certainly a, a bit of a, a mind twist to hear because he's calling and, you know, you're hearing different soccer verbs, not necessarily hockey ones, but um, he's just such a pro. It doesn't really matter what he does. He's good at it. So um, it is fun. I've seen him on TV doing some of the motor racing stuff, too. Um, But, yeah, he loves the motor racing, and I think he enjoys changing up with a little soccer, too. Sportscasters, uh, you guys fascinate me. But back to the Barracuda. Uh, Big game tonight, big game tomorrow. Uh, There's tickets still available at SJ Barracuda. It's a professional experience. It's awesome to go to SAP Center. And uh, really enjoy it. There's kid zones if you have young kids. The food's affordable. The beer's affordable. Everything's pretty nice. Um, how about the 
product on the ice instead of you know where they're playing. Uh, pretty good season so far for Alexander True. Not someone I've, I know terribly well. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's really – he came in last year as a kind of an interesting story. The Sharks, the Sharks as an organization have done a really good job um, with their scouting staff finding these young players that were undrafted, uh, but they see a lot of potential. And what they do is they'll sign them initially to an American Hockey League contract. So it's a little bit more um, organizationally friendly in terms of a financial commitment. And it's a pretty much a prove-it type of situation. So Alex came in last year as an undrafted guy, and he played in an AHL contract, and he scored 50 goals finished second on the team in goal scored and this year came out of the gates a little bit slow there were some high expectations he would be one of the best guys in the team from an offensive standpoint um, after about the first 15 games he certainly figured it out he's been you know sensational since that point I think since December 1st he has six multi-point games he's leading the team in scoring he's leading the team in assists points per game um, tied for first in power play goals I mean you can say for the last two months he's been you know by and large the best player in the team from an offensive standpoint you know there's a log jam at the forward position up with the sharks but i think as he goes into next year and his third year as a pro he's going to push for for one of those spots especially in training camp so for fans who are looking for the next guy coming up alex is certainly a guy you got to look out for he's six foot five you know he's sitting around 200 pounds so he's what we call wiry but um he has a ton of skill and a really exciting prospect and exciting kind of the trajectory his career has taken so far um, my family is a big hockey family, and uh, it's fun watching these kids. At one point in time, Joe Pavelski was a kid on the Barracuda, and he, well, not the Barracuda, but Wooster Sharks or whatever it was. Um, a little bit confused about myself right now, but it's fun watching the kids grow up to be men, so to speak. These are kids we're talking about. We've got about 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just had three guys go to the All-Star game, including our goalie, who's 20 years old. So, yeah, you see right before your eyes, these guys develop into, you know, what turns out to hopefully be NHL guys. And from my standpoint, it's a lot of fun. So um, this is a good team. I recommend people coming out and checking them out. They're going to make a long playoff run. And like you said, it's affordable tickets, so it's a good time. Great entertainment in the Bay Area. Thanks very much. It's Nick Nolenberger. You can find him at sjbarracuda.com. That's sjbarracuda.com. Big home game tomorrow at 1.15. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find the Barracuda at sjbarracuda.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Why, hello there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Occasionally, I dip in a little hockey talk. We are the station for the Barracuda. I should mention you can hear Nick Nolenberger's broadcast here on the station. Uh, sometimes we get a little tech fatigue. I remember growing up just fascinated with technology, right? And computers. And uh, My dad had a teletyper kind of computer that he brought home from work one day where he put a phone. You know, when you had the old-fashioned phone where the, the you could put the earpiece up to your head and then there, there's a handle and the mouthpiece down bottom and you'd put that into the computer and there was games you could play, like hockey. And it would just type, you are skating down the ice. Do you want to, A, do a slap shot? B, do a, a pass? And then you do it, and it's like it takes a couple minutes to send the data back and forth. And uh, do you want to shoot in the upper right, a lower right, uh, middle? And it, it, it was fascinating to me. And now that I talk about that, it sounds pretty horrible, right? But that's, let's go back to that phone technology for a second. Do you remember when the phone was mounted on a wall? And you're like, I'm going to go call grandma. And it was an event to walk over to the phone. 
and you had the cord, and it was never quite right to get to the length there. You could take it to like the kitchen table and sit down, and then they started making these super long cords. Talking about phone innovation, you know the big phone innovation of 2019 is going to be? 3D cameras. Apple's pushing 3D cameras pretty hardcore. And Samsung's got a teaser video that they put out, then they deleted it or took it back down. A foldable phone. I'm officially bored with with phones. And Apple's running into that. We're not getting as much utility out of them as we used to. And yet the price continues to go higher. At one point in time, it was fantastic. It's like the productivity you can get. Um, you know, if you're a financial planner and you go to a new city and you have to go meet clients and you're printing everything out directionally, first of all, there's maps, right? Paper maps that you go to a gas station. Hey, do you know where this, this uh, road is? And someone knew, always, it seemed, or if they didn't, there was maps you would just sit there and read, and that couldn't be cool. So they started laminating them, so you had to buy them to open them. Um, but MapQuest, the internet, was kind of cool for financial people to travel around with directions. And then, on the phone, the utility that I find the most powerful for me, and I think we probably all have something different, is, um, well, the camera's nice, but Waze or Google Maps or whatever, Google Earth, you know, there's some, there were some passing fads there in a while, but I don't know if a foldable phone is going to get me excited. I don't know if a 3D camera is going to get me excited. I've got a friend who posts 3D pictures of his daughter on Facebook. Hey, look, we put our little daughter in a, a 3D picture. And she's just, oh. There's a moment in time where kids go from looking like kids to really awkward, and she's in that really awkward stage right now wearing lipstick. I don't like 10-year-old girls wearing lipstick and makeup. I want my kids to be kids. I know it sounds odd. So anyway, a lot of the utility of the phone is is leaving it for me. So, yeah, 3D phone, foldable phone. Foldable phone looks cool because you kind of like start using it as a book. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to get into it. So I want to talk about um, me personally, financially speaking. One of the things that I do is I'm really, really lazy with my bills. So I automate everything on my bills because I don't want late payments. I put everything through my bank. I haven't licked a stamp. If you call sitting in my taxes, but I go to UPS and do that so I can track it, so I'm not actually licking a stamp. But I haven't licked a stamp. I don't uh, For a personal bill, I would say five years plus. So every now and then you get a situation where you have to make a payment, and they're like, we need this payment now. Um, biggest mistake I see people make is not having a system. My new system on paying bills is A, automate everything, and B, put everything in a box, and at the end of the month, spend an hour going through that box, and then put move everything from that box that's tax-related to another box, which is uh, you know not sitting in bills or paperwork or you know when Geico sends you your statements, and you have to grab them and put them in the car. I do that with shoeboxes. I know you're saying that's a little bit too much information. Um I'm frightened to death for people out there. I know a friend of mine just gave me her financial paperwork, and she doesn't have enough saved. She's going to work till the day she dies. Now, here's the worst part about it. She's 50, and she's thinking, I'm done with work in 10 years. Mm, the problem is then she'll be 60. Reagan lived 93 years old, Ronald Reagan. And the last 10 years were in very, very poor health, and they, they hit him. Because he was losing his mind, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, um, Alzheimer's and just aging. And man, that last little push where you are barely hanging on ain't pretty, and it's expensive. 
when you can't wipe your own butt, you have to pay someone to wipe your butt. You're going to, you're going to be like, I hope I have money to do that. So I am looking forward to the, to the day of adult diapers. So I'll throw that out there. I'm going to go see Weezer next Friday and there's a good chance I put a diaper on. I'll take a picture if I do. Cause uh, I ain't going to the bathroom during that show. It's a small concert. It's a special concert for financial people. So that's going to be, what's that going to look like? Oh, a lot of middle-aged, fat white guys. So that'll be fun. But it'll be the first concert I've gone to in a while that doesn't have like 20-year-old kids who are like always like in your way. It's no funny. But anyway, that's totally, I'm running out of ideas here. Um, financially, I like to educate you. Uh, like we just talked about phones. I, I kind of want you to look at everything as, as a decision, a financial decision. Um, a friend of mine used to sell paper. And so he would go to like restaurants and say, Here, here's your credit card paper. And, you know, there's good credit card paper. There's cheap credit card paper. There's all sorts, right? And um, then people are like, do you want us to email your receipt? And I'm like, sure. So I put him out of business, kind of. And then he went into food containers on top of paper because they're kind of paper or styrofoam, right? And restaurants started, there was a ban on styrofoam. So, like, styrofoam, wildly profitable wildly profitable to sell. Uh, but then there's bans on styrofoam. So um, things change. You have to be prepared for that. Um, so let's keep moving forward with some of this. How much do you need to save to be a millionaire? A millionaire was my magical number as a kid. I figured out when I was 20 years old, I was in a car crash and it wasn't my fault. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Don't don't feel too bad for me. It's just I got rear-ended. Um, got to be careful what I say. Edit myself. Edit myself. Edit myself. Right, internal editor on. So I got rear-ended, and I learned. Uh, my brother Dave is an attorney, and he said they're going to offer you three thousand dollars for a neck sprain. I'm like, really? This is a really bad neck sprain. I'm going to get more from the insurance company because the woman who hit me, she gets out of her car and she goes, "My foot slipped. My foot slipped. I'm so so sorry." I'm like, "Don't talk to me." You're not supposed to, like, confess this kind of stuff. Wait, like, chillax, lady. But chillax wasn't quite a word yet at that point in time. But, uh, so I got $3,000 out of it. I wanted five, ten, fifteen. I saw it as a payday kind of thing. Woo! And I invested it. And I learned that if you invest $166 a month, it comes out to about $2,000 a year. And if you start at age 20, that's pretty easy to do. $133 a month? But if you wait till you're 25, it's $1,700 a year. Now, that, that's starting to get a little bit more, right? Now we're starting to talk about that 160, 130 level that you have to save every month. If you wait till 30 and you've saved nothing, to become a millionaire, you have to save $2,900 a year, which is about $250 a month. Now, now we're starting to say, ouch, especially if you're a 30-year-old delivering pizzas or there's a... a I know someone who knows someone who who delivers weed, like, you know, California legalized weed. He's not making that kind of money, uh, that he has an extra 250 a month. If you wait till age 40, you have to save $8,700 a year to become a millionaire. Now, 20 years earlier, it was $1,000 a year. Now it's $8,700 a year. Let's just roughly say that's seven to eight times, Right? Right? You're missing your cue. Zach, you're missing your cue. When I go right, you chime in with the millennial going right. Let's see. We're going to wait for it. We're going to wait for it. And we're going to pass. So if you start at age 20, it's $1,000 a year. 
If you wait till 40, it's $8,700 a year. If you wait till age 50 to make a million dollars, you got to save $29,000 a year. That's not feasible for most people. So what's the lesson here? Start early. Another good lesson for you to learn is credit. I have excellent credit. I hate people who have better credit than me. I hate them. It drives me insane. There's something about our credit. Like I hear more complaints like, I want to get, how do I get my credit score up? How do I lower my credit? I, a lot of people have no relationship with credit. And all I'll tell you is credit will make you a prince or a pauper. If you've got great credit, you get a house for a lot cheaper than someone who's got a bad credit. So if you miss a credit payment, you're going to pay more for the same exact house that your neighbor has because you've got a bad credit score. Same thing for a car. Same thing for loans. Maybe credit cards. You won't qualify for the better credit cards. And credit cards are great if you pay them off the balance every month. Credit cards are horrible if you carry a balance. So credit's super important. I say teach your kids how to, how to handle credit. Right after you teach them about the birds and the bees, sit them down and teach them about credit. And tell them, I love you. And, and because I love you and you're my child, if you ever miss a credit payment, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. No, no, don't say that. Say, I will make it for you. Help them. Credit's super important, especially earlier in life when you haven't made those big purchases yet. When you're 65, 70, if you want to miss credit payments as much as you want, I don't care. I think once you turn 75, you should be able to do whatever you want in this country. If you make it to 75, I think you should be able to smoke in restaurants. I know that sounds horrible. I think you should be able to use the restroom in public. Not a public restroom, but use the restroom in public. So credit's super important. It's worthy of no... There's good debt. There's bad debt. I like mortgage debt enormously. I like student debt if you got a math or science degree. I don't like student debt for poetry. I know some guy's a poet out there who's worth billions of dollars, and there's one of them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black. A couple books that I like. One's called Investment Valuation. <laughs> that sounds like a fun read, right? Right? There he goes. He's a little slow. He's, he's got the fingers that are fine in the buttons, but he did it. Um, value Investing, A Balanced Approach. Another fun book. And the funnest book of all, Value Investing with the Masters. Value Investing with the Masters. These aren't fun books, but they're the first three books that I read when I got into this business 20 plus years ago. I like market shakeouts. I don't like everyone to be winners because if everyone's a winner, then I'm not a winner. I like people to lose. Every time I go into a convenience store and I see someone buy lottery tickets, I'm like, I'm one step closer to like perfection. And that person's taking two steps back. Let's get a Mark, a phone caller. Mark, how are you? Uh, good morning, Rob. Hey, I heard in passing, guess why I'm calling you just so you can maybe uh, explain to me. I heard in the passing somebody mentioned that it's more advantageous not to use dividend stocks in the either in taxable account or the Roth, like tax advantage account. Is there any truth to that? Or, I mean, in a Roth IRA, is it better to do regular stocks, not the dividend stocks, or. Right. I'll talk, a, I'll talk a little bit about this. Thanks for the call. So he's talking about what type of investments you put into what type of product. It's kind of like what type of car do you drive? Some cars are more efficient. 
Um, and if you're going to do a lot of trading, you want it to be tax protected, like a 401k or a Roth IRA where you don't pay taxes. Not a regular account. I have a regular account where um, I put in, let's just say, $10,000 a year. And if I do trading, I have to pay taxes at the end of the year. If I, if I, if I gain money, if I lose money, I could write it off some of my income. So I trade in that area. So I'm not buying a stock for the long term. I'm kind of renting it. Some stocks should be rented. I don't think you need to own something like Broadcom till the day you die. Maybe. I don't think so, though. Because Broadcom, will they become Qualcomm? Like, will they become Intel? Intel, I'd probably own for the rest of my life. As long as they got 80% market share, I'm still good with it. But I own no Intel directly. I probably own it through an SP 500 fund. A Roth IRA. Okay, so let's go back to the product right now. These are vehicles that get you retirement. When I talked earlier about saving $1,000 a year, if you could put that in a 401k or a 403b or a 457, those are all vehicles that your employer, whether it's a profit company or a nonprofit, profits could be a 401k and nonprofits could be 403. State agencies might be 457s is the easiest way of saying that. So those are the vehicles that they offer. And the one that you brought up, a 401k you pay taxes on now. A regular IRA you pay taxes on now. And then there's this magical thing called a Roth IRA that you 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 fund it with your cash and you've already paid taxes on it and you hold it and you say so you paid taxes on the income. You put it the money in the Roth, and when you retire, it's tax-free. Now, in your 401k, your 403b, your 457, or your regular IRA, because you get a tax deduction up front, you don't get the tax deduction on the back end. So you'll hear people like CFP Chad Burton say, well, you should ha- if you have an IRA, you should convert it to a Roth IRA if you've got the money to pay the taxes. It's a weird loophole. It's a weird loophole. People like me shouldn't be able to invest money because I'm high-income. I shouldn't be able to invest money so that I can take it out later tax-free. I shouldn't. I should, like, miss that deduction. It's like homeowners being able to write off their mortgage interest. Renters can't do that. But then again, renters don't have that you know property tax either. So there's, there's kind of gives and takes. I like the idea of doing both. So I'd like the idea of lowering my taxable income this year. Because of my age, I could put $25,000 into a 401k. And I don't pay any federal taxes on that. That's magical. That's golden. I get to tell the tax man, screw off. I just lowered my taxable income by $25,000. But later in life, when I retire, in theory, I'll be at a lower tax bracket because I won't have high income. I'll be living off my fat, so to speak. But in retirement, if I'm also wealthy, I kind of want some of that tax-free Roth money. You know why? Because I'm going to have some big purchases. Maybe I'm going to get a $100,000 RV. And if you get a $100,000 RV in retirement, it's really $120,000, $130,000 if you pay taxes. But a Roth, you don't pay the income taxes on. So you kind of you want some split if you think you're going to be doing some big ticket purchases in retirement. If not, i just go with 401k, 403b, 457, or a regular IRA. But ultimately, I, I think... And then in retirement, you would live off the 401k, 403b, like for your food, the, the, the not big expenses like an RV. So you do kind of want a blended approach. But, you know, for a caller like you, and I, I'm going to say this lovingly and sweetly because we have all sorts of listeners. Well, we got seven listeners. But they do encompass a lot of different things. It's fair to say that. Um, so what I would say is you're asking a very complicated question. 
tax management. And I, I hope you just start the game. Um, like I said, I wish I would have started the game earlier of saving for retirement. Uh, we got a new producer on the show. He's 25, right? He hasn't saved a dime for retirement. He needs to start today. First paycheck, put some money away, right? Are you with me? Because if you're not with me, you're against me. And you have to choose a side. This is like a civil war kind of scenario. Are you, are you following? So um, I don't think you should be asking complicated tax questions. I think you should get something like a Fidelity Fund in your 401k, 403b, 457. And you should just start by putting you know 5% of your salary, 10% of your salary, 15% if you can. And put it in something stupid like a Fidelity 2060 fund. So if the year right now is, what is it, 2020? And you're 20 years old. You're going to retire in 40 years, so you choose the 2060. If you're going to retire in 30 years, you choose the 2050. If you're going to retire in 20, you're going to choose 2040. If you don't have enough money saved, you go with a longer date out there because it takes more risk automatically for you. It exposes you to more risk, which is a good thing if you have time on your side. Not everyone has time on their side. So I hope some of that made sense. Please, please do not go out and buy the book, Investment Valuation, or Value Investing in the Masters. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. You know another guy I like a lot, a guy named Neil Hennessy. He looks like Dr. Phil. He lives in Moran. I think he's got like 20 children. He's one of those guys. He's a great investor. Very, very straightforward. Very, very dry. He just plays the game. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.